After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots in the for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. A few years ago, I was invited to a brunch. Now, brunch is fantastic. The food is always great. But this brunch was specifically to learn about a new nonprofit. It wasn't new, really, but it was new to me at the time. I didn't know anything about them, but a friend of mine who I really trusted said, hey, I think you should come check this out. I came and I brought a friend with me and we sat at a table and we had good food and good experiences. We chatted with people around us and then the presentation started. This nonprofit focuses on helping people in countries and in cities where there's just a lot of poverty actually get training specifically for entrepreneurship. They train them how to be business people and do job creation and actually change not just their lives and their families' lives, but really transform a community through job creation. And as someone who's very entrepreneurial, I connected immediately with what they're talking about. As the whole program and the whole morning continued, I realized that there was a lot more that they didn't talk about. They did some of their job training through setting up churches. They did small groups that taught people how to pray while they were also teaching them job skills. There were all these other facets through the job creation. They ended up providing food for different communities, too, because some of the businesses were for farmers or for livestock that were raised for food or for all these different things. And what impressed me so much is I gave because of the one thing that they did, when in reality, they did many, many, many things. Hmm. And then I start comparing that to other nonprofit leaders who have approached us over the years where I say, well, what do you do? And they list the many to the point where I'm not even sure if they're helping the one. And it kind of got us into a conversation of what are donors looking for and what was it about the one organization that made me go saying, sure, I'll hear a thing to actually donating and becoming a huge proponent of the organization, in case you're wondering, it's Hope International, where other people who have come to us have come and they have really great hearts and really great ideas and a lot of passion. And yet we don't always open up our metaphorical checkbook. So today we're having a conversation about what donors are looking for. Because sometimes as a leader, it's easy for your passion and your knowledge and everything that you have going on in your head and heart to not always, but sometimes translate some of the ways to different people. So <laughs> let's help you get this figured out because it's a huge piece to being a successful nonprofit leader. Yeah, that uh, Hope International did a great job of communicating to the donor what the donor's value was going to be when they donated. Because we want to hope that when we're running a nonprofit, we just kind of say what we do and then people will feel like, wow, I really want to change the world or whatever it is. And then they give to it when in reality we are making some sort of sales pitch <laughs> to the donors and we're saying, if you do this, then you will get this. There is an exchange happening. It is a donation but there is totally an exchange happening and we have to be thinking about what is the exchange? 
What are the donors actually looking for in the exchange and how can we deliver on that? And how can we promise that? Because I think we, mm-hmm. as nonprofit leaders, we're good at delivering on the promise, but we're not good at communicating the promise. Mm-hmm. Like we're good at following through on money comes in and it goes toward helping the world change in a better way. But we're not really great at communicating specifically what it is that's going to make that donor want to not just open their metaphorical checkbook, but their literal checkbook. Well, I said metaphorical because I don't carry a checkbook. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some people still do. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) But no, it really is an interesting idea because I think sometimes as a nonprofit leader, it's easy to talk about um, the passion, how the donor is going to be able to, you know, like the nonprofit helps all these people and your funds allow us to do it. Um, But really what's in it for the donor. And now you might mm-hmm. be thinking, well, I mean, they get to know that they're doing a good job, but what's what's your promise to them? Because sometimes it's not, sometimes it's the communication of the promise. Sometimes it's the communication on the fulfillment of the promise. And those are two very, very important things. So when I went to the brunch for Hope International, the promise was when you give, here's how many families are going to be helped. Here's how the money is going to be used. Like, the thing that I received wasn't knowledge that I was helping people, but it was the confidence that my money was actually going to be utilized. And like utilized really, really well. It wasn't yes. just like dollar for dollar. It was kind of like if you donate $1, it's basically like donating $100 anywhere else, mm-hmm. which was like, whoa. And they, yep. they laid it out for you. So you being a person who really wants to see an exponential return, you see in, you know, giving to an organization like an investment, it might not be an investment that pays you back in money, but it is an investment. And why would you invest in something that has a 2% return if you can just as easily invest in something that has a 100% return? Mm -hmm. So they spoke that language to you. They spoke that language and they made it very, very clear to the point where even when I gave them money, there was no part of me that wondered, was this a good choice? Mm. Like, I was in, and then at that point, I went home and did all of the research that I typically do. But for that to happen (laughs) in that moment, I was like, they did a really good job just laying this out so simply. But then on the backside of it, they also showed me that they kept their promise. They said that they value communication, that they value their donors, that they value, you know, the people that they're working with. And even though it's something where I can't necessarily go today and track where that money went and who it helped and all different pieces... They showed the promise that they value people by the way that they treated me afterwards. Hmm. Within a few weeks of that event, my donation wasn't huge. I just want to be very clear. It's not like I gave $10,000 and suddenly I'm getting a call saying, thank you so much. Like It was just kind of an average donation. It probably didn't stick out among all of the people who were there. And I got um, a note from them thanking me. I got a handwritten card from them thanking me. And I think I got another second handwritten card from someone from like their main office. So I got someone from Minnesota, someone from their main office, a note, and then like a little bit later, another follow-up piece of mail. And I was like, if you care that much for me and my donation, like I know that you're handling everything else well because the promise that you made was that you cared for people. And the way that you showed it was you showed that you also care for me. Hmm. And it might not seem like a huge deal, but the amount of trust that was built with everything else that they said, just by them showing, here's our guarantee, and we're going to show you one of the ways that we do it, makes a huge difference. 
because nonprofits forget to follow through on their promises, partly because they're hard to follow through on sometimes in terms of actually showing something that feels intangible. And sometimes it's hard to follow through on showing what happened when the promise was fulfilled because we're just so busy fulfilling promises mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, I said every single dollar that you donate is going to go toward doing the work. Well, it's like, shoot, I got no money left over for postage to send a thank you note. Like there's there are ways in which nonprofits are set up that make it really hard to communicate the fulfillment of the promise. Ooh, there are really ways true. that nonprofit organizations are set up from the ground up that make it really hard to fulfill on the promise. Like we have to be thinking big picture with this stuff. It's not just like, oh, you know, I'm going to do a better job of promising uh, and, and communicating what we're promising that is going to get accomplished and then following through. Like you might have to dig down to your base systems and say, what about our systems is broken? I spend all of my work week doing physical labor to help this organization accomplish what it needs to accomplish. And I spend zero of my work week doing administrative things. Mm -hmm. And while like some people are like administrative, you know, I don't want to donate to something that has administrative, a lot of administrative spending or whatever. It's like, dude, the administrative spending is what allows the thing to move. There's got to be some administrative spending. Otherwise it's just one person doing stuff. And if you think about it, not just because sometimes people think of administrative spending, it's like, oh, they're just sitting in an office doing stuff or they're just trying to manage their database of the givers. Let's think about this from the other side. If you're trying to help 10,000 people, you better have some administrative spending to make sure that those 10,000 people are being effectively helped. Yeah, you better have some organization. You better have some people who are thinking like, what's a better way we could be helping these people? Because mm-hmm. the world changes, culture changes, technology changes, the, the ways in which we can help achieve our goals in changing the world, they get better. There are like new ways to do it. And if you don't have people who are thinking about the administrative, thinking about the leadership and being at least like taken care of enough for their families to exist and they're not worried about if their kids are going to, you know, have lunch or whatever at school, like we free up those administrative people to actually carry out what needs to be carried out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, delivering on the promise, going back got <laughs> off topic there. Delivering on the promise is one thing, but communicating the promise is a huge one. So mm-hmm. because donors want to know what they're going to receive. Now, I remember when I was young watching telethons on P- PBS is like the you know the <laughs> public broadcasting system and they'd show like a little bit of Sesame Street and then all of a sudden there'd be these boring old people and like a bunch so of people are answering give, phones and, you can and they're get like a CD. if you if you give a hundred dollars you're gonna get a t-shirt that's got Grover on it and I'm like <laughs> that shirt is not worth a hundred dollars like I, I wasn't able to put it together because like well for one I think I was too young to understand what they were trying to accomplish through PBS but um the promise has to like actually uh, hit the people who are going to donate in a way that they go, wow, this is worth it. I don't care if I get a Grover t-shirt. Like that's whatever. It's a perk. I can give that to my kid or something like that. Like that's what people should be thinking, right? They shouldn't be thinking, wow, it's an expensive Grover shirt. Mm -hmm. Like I was when I was seven. Yeah. I was like, why? (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's one of those 
things that as nonprofit leaders, it's easy to forget. We get really focused on, well, if they give this much, we need to do something nice for them or we need to whatever. It's like, no, let's step back first. Before you get to the how you're going to say thank you, you need to first figure out your message on what you're like telling them on what that promise is. Yeah. Like what because, are they purchasing? They're like, they're basically, they're making a purchase. Mm-hmm, yeah. What are, what are they buying with and that money? So what is it that you are saying? Like by giving to our organization, this is what we can guarantee you is going to happen. This is the promise that we can make. And you have to be careful because you cannot make a promise that says, we guarantee that this will be a highlight of your year. We guarantee you feel like this will this will make you so happy. Like when people make guarantees, you know, it's like those events. This is an event you do not want to miss. Sometimes I look at those events and I say, yes, I do, though. <laughs> or like I want to stay the home. Event, like, yeah, I could have missed <laughs> I this. I could have stayed home. I could have had It would have been great. Like, so it has to be a promise <laughs> that you can fulfill. And you cannot fill, fulfill other people's emotions. You cannot fulfill other people's um, making them feel content or happy. You cannot fulfill what you cannot fulfill their hopes and dreams for their lives. And so the promise that you communicate needs to be something that you are actually able to show that you are um, making forward movement on to them. Now that can that's a really daunting idea. But if you're going into anything where you're about to ask for funds, or if you're going into a fundraiser or an event, or even a one-on-one conversation with someone who's a donor sitting across from you at a coffee shop, and you're ready to go for the ask, you better know what you can guarantee them that you have the control over so that you can show them that you meant what you said and that you're following through on it. Because if you can do that, if you can connect those two things together, then they're also going to trust that everything else that you said your organization was going to do, that you are also going to follow through on all of those other statements that you made. And I mean, it's a really big deal. Sometimes, you know, it's really easy to get to the, well, if you're going to sit down across from a donor, here's the pitch. Here's Mm. the words. It's like, no, before you figure out the words in the pitch, you need to figure out what it is that you're promising them. And then you need to figure out how you're going to prove it and how you're going to show them that you actually are capable of following through on it. The way I like to think about this is by separating people in my mind with a disc profile mm-hmm. and thinking about there are parts of um, what I'm offering as a nonprofit leader that are going to speak to a person who is very leadership and results driven. There are things that we're doing at the organization that's really going to speak to somebody who is like high emotionally driven and relationally driven. There are people who uh, are going to be really driven by like influence and fun. And there are people who are going to really find value in certain things that are just like very numbers, data patterns driven. And I have to basically figure out, what in our organization communicates on those four different levels and use that because when I, when I understand somebody and what they care about, that's what they're buying. Mm-hmm. They're they're You know, somebody who is results and leadership driven is buying their trust in you as the leader to get it accomplished. Mm-hmm. So when you present as, Hey, like, we're driven. We have a vision. We know where we're going. We know how we're going to accomplish this. We've got uh, all the things that we need to be able to make this happen. Somebody who is results driven and like vision driven is going to say, that's what I'll purchase. I will put money on that 
to fuel you as the leader to get stuff accomplished. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> a completely different person that you know really values relational and stuff, they need to see the smiles on the kids' faces that you're helping. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's a totally, it's very, very different. And you have to know what it is they're purchasing, and then you have to deliver on that for them. Yep. Promise that they'll get to see some more smiles on kids' faces, and then afterward, show them some smiles on kids' faces that they helped with that money. Like, that's what they that's what they paid for, and this is what they get. It's kind of like a receipt, you know? <laughs> you give them the receipt, you show them that it happened, and they got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an interesting thing, because I think... Um I've heard people talk about the different personalities and sometimes what we want to do is go into it and read who you think their personality is and then only speak to that. Um, but as a nonprofit leader, we're, you also need to be a networker and realize that the person you're talking to is also connected to other people who may or may not be that same personality type. Chances are they know a variety of people. And so my recommendation, and I mean, first, come up with the promise and come up with a way you can you can show that it's been delivered. Start with that. Once you get that, see if you can kind of expand each one just a little bit so that somehow in your communication, you can include a word or two that will hit each personality type, both in the promise and in the way that you communicate that you fulfilled on it. Because if Ted was talking to me and I was like, okay, here's the information I want. Here's what I need to know. But then I go talk to one of my best friends who just loves to have fun and loves to talk to people, but she has a huge heart for nonprofits. If I go talk to her the way, the like, how do I word this? If Ted talked to me like, all right, Lisa's very direct. She just wants the numbers. She wants to know how it's going to be accomplished. And that's the only language he uses for me. And I go to my friend and I'm like, well, here's what Ted told me. And that's the only language you It's direct and it's information. She's going to look at that and be like, why would I ever want to give to that nonprofit? They don't care about fun. They don't care about the relationships. <laughs> they don't have fun. They don't understand that community is important. All they are is about accomplishing the task. And so and it's so much more than the task. You do want to. It is, <laughs> it's so much more. I mean, I'm like, yes, it's it only is. The task. But it's also the task. Like, <laughs> let's get this done. Um, but you want to make sure that, yes, you are tailoring things to the people that you're talking to. But never forget that they are also connected Mm -hmm. to other people. And if you communicate in a way that they feel like, oh, my gosh, this person does not know how to communicate to other personality styles, um, people will be hesitant to introduce you to some of their friends who they feel Mm -hmm. like you're not going to connect with. This is where emotional intelligence comes in very high and the ability to kind of just relate to people and realize the differences and being able to include that in the conversation yeah but thinking through (laughs) so much (laughs) but yeah thinking through that is a big deal like knowing that the person you're talking to at that moment isn't just that person there it's (laughs) it's kind of like (laughs) it's kind of like sex ed it's like it's every person that they ever talk to <laughs> but like you gotta you gotta understand that and recognize that when you talk to somebody like it's either going to be um like something that they can pass on to everybody else or it's gonna stop with them because they're gonna feel like this message really resonates with me but like my aunt jody isn't isn't gonna care about this you know mm-hmm. and so it takes some time to 
know what it is you're trying to deliver and then figure out how to communicate that in a way that is going to resonate with those personality types. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's kind of like this is the personality type thing that calls people like red, blue, yellow, green or like sharks, whales, sea urchins and dolphins. Oh, no. Just Google like this profile to Raphael, give you a thing. Raphael, Michelangelo, Leonardo. That's my favorite one. But You missed one. Donatello? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just I just. <laughs> You know, it was implied. You have to finish it out. It was Ted. an implied Donatello. <laughs> but uh, let's give like a practical example of this. Okay, cool. Because it. it can be kind of hard to say, tailor something that's going to hit every single or all of the main personality types. We recognize yeah. that, you know, there's a wide variety. Um, but let's say for the promise. What's something that you might say promise-wise? That well, let's would let's hit take, a couple take an example of an actual like... Um, Nonprofit type okay. cause. Mm-hmm. So let's say let's say that this nonprofit is going to help um, veterans get through PTSD by pairing them up with animals that need adoptions. It's going to help some animals. It's going to help some vets, mm-hmm. veterans, not veterinarians. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah. So with that, if we're looking at kind of the four main personality types. You might say um, these are like we're going to help people who have done a lot to help the country and they've accomplished a lot in their lives. And these are some great leaders and we want to make sure we're supporting them. And through getting them these service animals, um, we're going to lower their anxiety or PTSD or their stress or whatever it is that they're feeling by a certain percentage And through this, they're going to be more available for their families to be able to help the community and to be able to just, um, you know, really nurture those relationships, but then also be able to have more fun in their lives because living with that is really stressful. And so we just want to be able to help support them. So just to break that down, Lisa just literally went around the circle. She started with the red personality type and just really spoke to them on that level, like by recognizing these are people who are like you, like if you're a leader and you're listening to this right now, you're going like, oh, my gosh, these are these are people that are like me, but they basically have lost something that allows them to be influential and to accomplish great things. This is going to help me. I'm going to be able to help them get that back. Mm-hmm. And so it resonates with you as a leader. But if you're someone who's analytic, she went very medical with it. She started talking about like the psychology and the anxiety and the different kind of like the PTSD and using the sciency words, right? Because those people want to see like the data, maybe even like throw in a chart and say like, this is, you know, this is how many people have come out of needing medication for it or whatever, right? Because mm-hmm. we've been able to help. And then she went along to the the family side of things. People who are very emotion and relational driven are going to be, they don't care about the fact that this person's influential. They care about, can they connect with their kid? Can they hold their kid on the on their lap? Or are they like, just emotionally distant because of what they've gone through. So it hits the relational side. And then also in that same, in that same phrase, it was the whole, it was like one sentence basically that you threw together. It also then talked about the fact that they can still have fun and be, uh, and like enjoy life. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of that yellow personality type. That's like a a lot about like just influence and fun and life of the party. Mm -hmm. So all of, all of those things being boiled down in that, one, two, three sentences that you just said, I think it's really important for nonprofits to have a phrase like that. You know, it's not your mission statement. Your mission mission statement needs to be more boiled down than that. But it's almost like when people say like your elevator pitch, I feel like for a nonprofit, 
that approach is a great way to put together like an elevator pitch. If you only had 60 seconds to tell somebody what you did, you want to hit those types of personalities because a in 60 seconds, you don't necessarily know that person well enough to know which one they are. Mm -hmm. And then you're giving them handles to be able to share. If they then recited that to their friend, chances are it's going to resonate with them on some level. Mm -hmm. And so that it, that piece of communication is going to help to actually give the donor what they want. What they want is something that's going to resonate with them when they throw 10 bucks in they're going to get your organization is going to accomplish something that they care about, not just something that's good. There are a million things that are good out there. There's too many things that are good. You can't choose. Mm-hmm. So really. What giving, is excellent and what is great. Yeah. I that's mean, what people are looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So just like you have that on the front end, you also need to figure out how you're going to show that you did that in some way on you know, show that you actually fulfilled the promise. And in the same way, that receipt, you need to make sure you're hitting every single, like those four main personality types in some way without having to customize and say, oh, I think this person was more this way. Because again, if I'm someone who just wants to know the information, I want to know it's going to be accomplished. Um, And I'm like, wow, look at this thing they sent me. And I go show my friend who wants to have fun. She better be drawn to the organization too. Mm-hmm. And so it's great. Yes, we want to customize and personalize to the person that we're talking to, but we need to be careful that you aren't doing it so much that you are actually cutting off the networks of the person you're talking to from being able to share what it is that your organization is doing. Um, yeah. so, so a practical example of on the back end, like the receipts. Okay. What I Can I do this one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So like I think of this one in terms of like maybe like a year-end brochure or something or maybe like an update email that you send out to all of the people who have donated or helped in some way over the course of the year. And you say, hey, at the beginning of the year, we said we were going to accomplish this. We had this vision. And look, at we did this and we're so excited because next year we're going to do X. We have this next thing. But here are the graphs. Here's the data of what we actually accomplished. This many dollars came in. This is how many pets were uh, attached to, uh, not attached, but like hooked <laughs> up with with veterans who had PTSD, right? And this is how many, and, and here's a story from two of the veterans and how this improved their relationships with their family, how this has improved their quality of life. And right there, you just hit all the things. Yep. Um, so yeah, just like before, you had the red here's what we accomplished here's what we did here's where we're going because they want to hear where we're going to yep. they don't want to just hear about the past they're very future oriented mm-hmm. they're like oh you hit the goal why are we still talking about that goal <laughs> it's done like if the goal's <laughs> done let's move on what are we doing next um the person who's analytical having the graphs or having the statistics and just kind of throwing it doesn't need to be the whole thing but a couple in there um, having, you know, the stories that shows the relationship and it's also going to show the fun and the connectedness. Along with that, if you had a picture of the dog and the veteran, you could, you know, have a big smiling picture and just show that's going to like that right there is going to get those other people. So you're going to have the graphs that show, look at what we accomplished, but also the picture of and look who we helped. And so having all of that together is going to make sure that, yes, you're going to talk to the person who you're sending it to, but if they show that to anyone around them, there's going to be something about your organization that's going to draw that person in and want to, want to know a little bit more. The trap that we fall into as organizational leaders is we tend to project ourselves onto the people we're talking to. So if you're naturally a, 
a relational kind of person, you're going to want to tell everybody you come in contact, like, oh, we helped this family and they, they love each other now. And like all this stuff is going so good and they, they hug and all that stuff. And like an analytical person's like, okay, so, and a person who is leadership and vision oriented is going to be like, um, okay, <laughs> like what's, what, what are you trying to accomplish here? They want to hear those words. Right. And so it's really important to remember to take a step back from what we find value in, in our organization and really look at, okay, what's somebody who is very analytical going to say, this is totally it. I mean, I remember we've, we've had, you know, we've interviewed and talked to a lot of different organizational leaders and I've met different nonprofit leaders that fall into all of those categories. And you can tell who they are because they like, they naturally they get really excited when they talk about the graph or they get really, <laughs> really excited when they talk about um, like taking the trip and the travel and like the, the, you know, the pictures that they were able to like take and like just the, the, the fun, the adventure of it. Right. And so you can tell who these leaders are, but it, it takes a, a leader that is able to take a step back and say, not everybody is like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I want to actually communicate how important this is, I got to find a way to communicate th- what the donors are actually getting out of it mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. And this is something that it's funny. You think everyone's like you. I just assume I'm so weird that I like <laughs> overly try to make it about the other person. And then I forget to include people like me because like I just I'm like, we're probably different because I don't know. That's It's just kind of how my brain thinks. I'm like, I'm probably leaning too far my like my way and I end up swinging too far the other way. And it's like, OK, wait, we kind of need to make sure that we have, you know, everything Mm-hmm. here. Um, so with that, before we wrap up here, I do want to mention if you are a nonprofit leader listening to this going, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this. Or um, like, I know how to word this for my personality type, but I'm having a hard time seeing how our organization is doing something that this other personality type could, you know, be Resonate interested with. in. Yep. Shoot us an email. We work with nonprofit leaders and we work in 45-minute blocks, so we can definitely help you get this going. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, you can email us at office at legacybuildersintl.com. Um, but to wrap this up today, here is our question for you. Um, what, what is one promise that you know that you can make? And that you can follow through And on. that you can follow through on. Um, not a promise that, you know, you're hoping that the other person's going to, you know, like if you, if you give, you're, you're going to feel good. (laughs) But what's the promise that if you went to any person, you could say, if you give to the organization, here's what I can guarantee will happen. And what's one way that you could actually show that? Send us an email. We'd love to hear your answers. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com. 